This morning, we're continuing our uh, series of looking at each letter of the alphabet and just parking on each letter and meditating on the, the beauties of the Lord Jesus Christ, of, his, of all his, his glories. He is uh, our glorious, majestic, beautiful Savior, Lord and God. And uh, by way of, of review, maybe we'll do it reverse. Uh, good luck with that, going for the alphabet reverse. <laughs> I don't know if I'll be able to do it. But this morning, we're going to be looking at the letter K. And if I'm not mistaken, you help me out, Matt, uh, before uh, K is J. Yeah, okay. <laughs> well, what do we remember about J from last week? Um J. Well, the thing that that was impressed upon me that, that stayed with me, and and uh, we, we're not doing a interactive thing here. So if I ask a question, don't feel like do I need to answer or not. I'll I'll, I'll come around to an answer. Uh, J. We were quoting earlier the uh, the the message from the very throne of God's grace that came down to Joseph. And that angel instructed Joseph to name the the baby that was formed in in the the womb of the Virgin Mary. Call his name Jesus, and the that's the anglicized version of uh, Joshua. We say Jesus; we know what that means, but that's that's Joshua, Joshua, and Joshua means Jehovah saved. <laughs> Past tense. Uh, he he will, he shall, and he has saved his people from their sins. That was the message. What about another J? I'm trying to think of just off the fly here. Um, it's nice when the Lord just hides these verses in our hearts and we can bring them to our heart and mind. Um, well, from what we read earlier in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, it's abundantly clear although we can't explain it, it is so. Uh, the Father is the true and living God. The Son is the true and living God. And the Spirit is the true and living God. It's not some force. It's a person. All these are persons. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We could put it this way. Uh, the, the name Jehovah is uh, what we call the true and living God. And so the Father is Jehovah. That's a good J word. The Son is Jehovah, and the Holy Spirit is Jehovah. And for you, those of you who came a little bit late, uh, we were singing um, a chorus, and the chorus is just taken from Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. And it says there, Unto us a child will be born. Unto us a son will be given. And the government shall be upon his shoulders, and we shall call his name Wonderful. Counselor, the mighty God. Preacher, you were just talking about a child that was going to be born, a child that was going to be given, and now the prophet changes his language to now call that child the mighty God? What on earth can that mean? Very simply this. The Lord Jesus Christ is the promised Christ of God, the appointed, anointed Savior of sinners, the only one. And it's so wonderful to know 
how clear and plain that is to to us. And and it's by God's grace. It's by God's grace and mercy to us. Uh, In fact, the Apostle Paul rebukes. uh, It's the Holy Spirit who's bringing this chastening to us. But it it says, who hath made thee to differ? (laughs) And what do you have that you did not receive? And, and, and so, so why boast about it? It's, let me just read that to you. In first, uh, Corinthians, if I'm not mistaken, first Corinthians chapter four, it might be in second Corinthians. Maybe we'll look at that, but in verse seven, yeah, it's a reminder where home base is. <laughs> It's in the dust. (laughs) It's in the dust. What do I mean by the dust? Um, You're wrong. I'm wrong. And the only man who's right is the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's just start with that and end with that. (laughs) For who maketh thee to differ from another? And what hast thou that thou didst not receive? Now, if thou didst receive it, why dost thou glory as if thou hadst not received it? This faith that we have is the gift of God. It's been given to us. It's not something that we figured out. It's not something that we, we worked up in the flesh that now we believe. No, there's a power in the gospel. When a man is sent of God and he's preaching the message of God, if God is so pleased, he'll bless that message with his spirit. And like that, <laughs> you believe. That's why we read it in Ephesians chapter 2. There in verse 8, for by grace are ye saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And that's very much in keeping with what is being said here. First Corinthians 4, 7. It's the gift of God. Now, having said all that by way of introduction, I would like to take a few moments to go through the letter K. And uh, the first one. Uh, it wasn't the first one that came to me in my study. It came to me later. Um, actually, I had uh, sent a, a text to uh, a brother, and uh, I thought it by way of encouraging him. But the the problem was uh, there was no Christ in the text. <laughs> it was this scripture. And uh, one could uh, read it and think, well, gee, that's uh, that's pretty pragmatic. But if all I preach to you is pragmatism, to quote a dear brother, I might as well take the pages I'm reading from or this iPad and throw it at you for all the good it will do you. <laughs> if I don't preach Christ and him crucified from the text, this, this word will, will not help anybody here. Um, I was quoting Ecclesiastes, and this is uh, what I sent to uh, our brother, with no other comment, just just the scripture, and the scripture is Ecclesiastes four uh, nine through to ten, and this is what it says: Two are better than one, because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, the one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him that is alone when he fall, fail, uh, falleth, for he hath not according before he hath not another to help him. And I thought, 
up and down 59, there are men behind pulpits preaching little sermonettes, teaching people how to have a, a better week, be a better employee, be a better neighbor, and let's, let's, let's get together and help one another. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. But if we don't hear Christ and him crucified from that text, it won't benefit us one whit. We'll start thinking about ourselves instead of him. And my goal this morning is never to have you thinking about yourself. <laughs> I don't want to think about myself. I don't know about you. I want us thinking about him who shall save us from our sorry lives, our sorry mess, and all the, the wretchedness that is in us every moment. Isn't that what our brother Paul said? He said, oh, wretched man that I am, who shall save me from the body of this death? <laughs> How long did... Uh, our brother Paul uh, get depressed about it. Not too long. <laughs> he preached himself the gospel we believe. He said, I thank God. It's through Jesus Christ, the Lord, I shall be delivered. And it was just after that he wrote, there is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus, to those who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. So let me quote to you what I followed up with that text. Uh, I some of you may know that uh, while I, I, uh, I fully believe the, the best commentary on the Bible is the commentary itself, that doesn't mean I'm not going to seek out help from other men. Uh, they might be living men. They might be men uh, who are now in the very presence of our Lord and God, Jesus Christ. But this is uh, what Robert Hawker, uh, if you don't have his uh, poor man's commentary, uh, Talk to me afterwards. I'll show you where you can get it for free and put it on your, on your, your, uh, your smart Bible. You don't have to pay anything for it. It's free. <laughs> this is what our brother wrote about Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9 and 10. If we spiritualize these verses, and then in hard brackets I added this so that uh, our brother might stand, understand that kind of antiquated way of saying it. If we spiritualize these verses, if by God's grace we are given eyes to see Christ in the text and not take away the key of knowledge, that's what the Lord rebuked those lawyers for. They'd taken away Christ out of the message. They took away the key of knowledge. They will be beautiful and instructive. For if Jesus and my soul be the two here spoken of, sure I am that I shall be lifted up whensoever I fall. In every place and upon every occasion, my advantages will be great indeed. I shall find warmth and life and light and love. But without the Lord Jesus Christ, there is a woe indeed and a fatal fall. For who but Jesus can raise a fallen sinner? In his strength, I shall be strong. And it thus joined to the Lord Jesus by one spirit, even God the Holy Spirit. Here is a threefold cord which cannot be broken. Amen. And that's just uh, our brother's way of saying that I'm uh, one with Christ and sealed with the Holy Spirit. The three cord uh, that he mentions here, the threefold cord which cannot be broken. And having a view of our blessed Redeemer in, in Ecclesiastes 4, 9, and 10, uh, we are greatly blessed to consider that as opposed to just talking and thinking about us. 
I'll give you another example of that. If you look in Psalm chapter 1, now I've given this example before, but it bears repeating. It says there in Psalm chapter 1, there in the latter part of verse 3, and this is describing our Lord and God, Jesus Christ. This is not describing you and me, not left to ourselves, not left alone. It says, whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. <laughs> it's the same message of the angel from the very throne of God's grace. He shall save his people from their sins. So that is something that's uh, tremendous to know about our Lord and God, Jesus Christ. He is the key of knowledge. He is the key that opens up this book. He said to those Pharisees, those, uh, those pretenders, he said to them, you do not have God's word abiding in you, and you've neither seen God's shape or heard his voice. And he... And he uh, he went further. He, he went to say these words. This is uh, John chapter 5, verse 39. He said, You search the Scriptures, because in them you think you have eternal life. But these are they which testify of me. And you will not come to me that you might have life. And there's so many other blessed portions of God's Word where He shows forth again and again that the Scriptures are they which testify of Him. He talks about that in Luke chapter 24. And He says, uh, Moses and the prophets and the psalms are they which testify of me. So that is the first uh, title I'd like you to consider of our Lord Jesus Christ. He's the key of knowledge. He is the key to opening up this book. Um, sometimes uh, we have the opportunity to talk with our children. We have the opportunity to talk with our grandchildren, and I know many of you do. Uh, I know all of God's people, certainly, as the, they're able to. As, as the Lord enables them, uh, we talk to those we love about the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, it's helpful to say and remind uh, everyone. Uh, this is a reminder to me. It's a reminder to all of you. This book has one theme. It's a, <laughs> it's a hymn book, as, uh, to borrow an expression, an H-I-M book. From Genesis to Revelation, it's all about the Lord Jesus Christ. It's all about him. And uh, that's exactly what he said to those Pharisees. Remarkable moment, is it not? <laughs> uh, you search the scriptures and uh, you look for life in the scriptures, but the scriptures, this, this book of Moses, the book of the prophets and the Psalms, it's about me. You're looking at who it's about. <laughs> so he's the key of knowledge. And that's Luke 11.52. And we'll just go through these quickly. The next uh, obvious uh, letter K, I trust you know what that would be, King. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. In John's Gospel, chapter 1, turn there with me, says there in verse 49, Nathanael answered and saith unto him, Rabbi, thou art the Son of God, thou art the King of Israel. And that's speaking about spiritual Israel, the elect amongst the Jews, the elect amongst the Gentiles. What a, what a moment in that gospel. Here comes uh, 
Philip running to Nathanael, exclaiming, We have found him, the one whom Moses and the prophets give testimony of, Jesus of Nazareth. And then later on, Nathanael meets the Lord Jesus Christ and he calls him the King of Israel. Now also in in, uh, Matthew chapter 2, if you'll turn there with me, Matthew chapter 2, it says there in verse 2, how that he is the king of the Jews. It says there in verse 2, and this is uh, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king. Behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? What a glorious thing to say about the Son of God. Uh, king Charles III was not born king. There's only one man born king, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. And then uh, we have this title of the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the King of the Saints. <laughs> he is the King of the Saints. It says there in Revelation chapter 15. Revelation chapter 15 and verse... Three says there, and they sing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and marvelous are thy works, Lord God Almighty, just and true are thy ways, thou King of saints. And of course, that's speaking about those saints mentioned in Revelation chapter 5, verse 9. Who are these saints that he is king of? It says there in Revelation 5, verse 9, And they sang a new song, the redeemed, God's chosen elect, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof. For thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of... Does it say out of Israel? Does it say out of uh, the Jewish people? No, it doesn't say that. It says out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. The Lord God Almighty has a chosen people in El Salvador. Not everyone in El Salvador are his people. He has a chosen people in El Salvador. He has a chosen people in the United States. He has a chosen people in every nation. That's why it says out of out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation and every family, there is a chosen people out of every family. (laughs) And if he can save me, (laughs) he can save anybody in my family. Anybody. Look with me in 1 Timothy chapter 6. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 15. It says there, Let 
I'll begin reading there in um, verse 10. Love, uh, money is very useful. Money is very useful. We all need it. But here's the thing. This is what Paul wrote to Timothy. The love of money is the root of all evil. Which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. But thou, O man of God, thou, beloved Timothy, Flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life whereunto thou art also called and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. I give thee charge in the sight of God who quickeneth all things and before Christ Jesus who before Pontius Pilate witnessed a good confession. That thou keep this commandment without spot unrebukable until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, which in his times he shall show who is the blessed and only potentate, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And then again in Revelation, back to uh, the, the revelation of Jesus Christ, it says there in Revelation 17, Verse uh, 14, we, we read that, that again. These shall make war with the Lamb, and the Lamb shall overcome them, for he is Lord of lords and King of kings. And they that are with him are called and chosen and faithful. And then in uh, a couple of chapters over, Revelation 19, verse 16, it says there, and he hath on his vesture. Now, this is speaking about none other than the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the one who came out of Mary's womb, a real, living, breathing man, the God-man, the Lord Jesus Christ. And he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And then King Eternal in First Timothy chapter 1. First Timothy chapter 1. Let's see. Many of you know where the Apostle Paul says a true and faithful saying worthy of all acceptation. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I'm chief. And it's just after that he writes, Howbeit for this cause I obtain mercy that in me first Jesus Christ might be show, might show forth all longsuffering for a pattern to them which should hereafter believe on him to life everlasting. Now unto the King eternal... This is Paul describing our Lord, our God, our, our blessed Redeemer. Now unto the King eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. And in that verse, he's speaking about the Lord Jesus Christ as he is one with the Father and the Spirit. It's speaking about none other than the triune God. And then lastly, Zechariah. I believe Zechariah is before Malachi. Malachi is the last book of the Old Testament. And then just before that is Zechariah. And in Zechariah 9.9, it says, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, thy king cometh unto thee. He is just 
and having salvation, lowly and riding upon an ass. This is the prophecy of the Lord Jesus Christ. And upon a colt, the foal of an ass. Now, just to uh, conclude this study of the letter K, I thought of this uh, acrostic. Um, I hope it will be helpful to you. Just king. If you can think of how to spell the, 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 the name king, you have my acrostic. An acrostic is just uh, different letters in an actual word that represent something. So king. What does the letter K stand for? Beloved, he, he knows his sheep. He knows his sheep. He says of them, my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. And I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. Of course, we remember the first point. He's the king, the key of knowledge. Key of knowledge. Uh, the letter I. We're, we're spelling king now. So K is he knows his people. I, he ever liveth to intercede for his sheep. He ever liveth to intercede. He's an intercessor for us. It says this in Romans 8, in verse 34. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. That word intercession means that he is the only way to God the Father. He said, I am the way the truth, and the life. And no one cometh unto the Father except by and through me. And then N. How wonderful is the letter N to consider. Beloved, he is the Savior who never leaves us, never forsakes us. He never fails us. He never fails his people. Not one sheep will he lose. And Matthew chapter 28, the very last verse, it says, Lo, I am with you always even unto the end of the world. And then in Hebrews chapter 13, turn there with me. He tells us this through the apostle's pen, the Holy Spirit preserving this testimony for us that we might be blessed by it this morning. It says there in verse 5, Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. What a promise. I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. And then lastly, the letter J. He's the great shepherd of the sheep. It says in that very chapter of Hebrews chapter 13, it says there in verse 20, now the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you perfect in every good work to do his will, working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen.